0: From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast.
1: Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not
2: cloudy all day. It's a week on Friday, May 26, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this is a very special episode Mm -hmm. being brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. Uh, They employ two full-time registered dietitians on staff who who review each recipe to ensure it's nutritionally balanced and it tastes delicious. Yeah, I'll say
0: this. We're out here in God's country, Montana, and everything we've eaten has been fresh from the, I ate uh, pepperoni sticks from a, from a cow that came from you know that was living like, like days ago, yeah. next door. and it made me realize how much I need fresh food in my life. So <laughs> you if you're like me and you only experience fresh food when you're in the hills of Montana and are eating fresh <laughs> killed <laughs> buffalo and and you know uh, a game that was walking earlier that morning, but you can't you can't be in Montana all the time. Hello Fresh is a great
3: solution. Hello Fresh brings Montana freshness <laughs> to, to your door. doorstep. There you hey, go. Hello yeah. Fresh, you got a new you have a new pitch right there. Yeah, yeah. Montana <laughs> you, fresh to welcome. your door. You know uh, what
2: I'm saying right now. HelloFresh is offering relevant podcast listeners a special offer. You can get thirty dollars off your first week of deliveries by visiting hellofresh.com and entering offer code relevant thirty when you subscribe. Do it! I I got you know they've been sponsoring the show yeah. for a while. I uh, received a box as part of the sponsorship fell in love with it and became a customer i subscribe yeah. and and literally every week now cohen and i have hello fresh and we go on the app and we pick out the next week's menu and so cool he gets to help speak so into cool. it we made pizza the other day it was it's awesome i got so, a box
3: coming pretty soon too there you go I'm gonna, i want to join in your joy <laughs> hello yeah. there you go hello, hello fresh, fresh.
2: Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, and this is a very special episode coming to you live from the middle of nowhere in Montana. So uh, nice. here with me around our table is uh, Jesse Carey. Hello. Hello. Who is not in Virginia right now. No, I'm uh, right here. Man. Propaganda is here with us. Wes. West. And, and joining us for a little bit of the show, we want to introduce you to the guy who made this all, all possible and invited us out here. His name is Brian Carpenter. Welcome, Brian.
4: What's up, boys? You guys <laughs> looking real good. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, Jesse, the, the beard thing is just like, I mean... My goodness, Jesse I mean, decided to grow hat. a
2: Montana beard.
0: I did. Yeah. I've been working on this for I don't know, like at least a week and a half now. Man, it's and, thick, though, dude. Yeah, Man, it's oh, thick. Yeah, it feels good, and it feels. You know, I was walking this morning from the cabin to the lodge, the last one to breakfast this morning.
4: Did you, you put product in your hair this morning? Didn't you? Uh, I, that,
0: <laughs> it's probably just grease uh, from uh, the night before. But I, uh, yeah, I was walking in like this wind-swept alley of like the mountain, you yeah. know, blowing me away. Brian said, "Hey, let me come pick you up because of the wind." I said, "No." I got the beard. It's going to protect my face from everything yes. blowing off the country. I felt great. I, I, I understand saw you
4: walking why. and it looked like an old Western. Yeah, your face the wind 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 was you like on it on it on it on the exactly. The ther- <laughs> there.
0: I have, I have a, a wind. It, it, there's so much sand and dust in here right now, but it's great. I mean, the I like the smell in the countryside.
3: I, I've never thought I'd ever say that, but the wind is beautiful. And if you listen closely, you can hear the sound of General Custard regretting his decision to underestimate Sitting Bull somewhere in the wind you can hear it him going
4: dang it prop, this prop, a, this prop keeps place.
3: reminding us that we are on stolen land <laughs> as we this is my on the job It rent- no. was the first thing i thought of when i landed but in think about it:
2: where we're at we're in the middle of the crow reservation yeah. we're yeah. not on stolen land we're on the land that we threw rent. them as chump change
3: <laughs> as we took all the other land That's at least what, we're renting yeah at least we're renting <laughs> from them yeah. like sorry guys hey can i can, I, but, I, mean, can I, I rent a few acres? Honestly, being out here in Montana,
2: you really are actually reminded of the native people and, yeah. and kind of what they've been through. Yeah. Because, you know, in other urban areas and things like that, it's not really something we interact with. But here we really are in the middle of a massive reservation, an yeah. hour and a half away from Billings, Montana. And it's beautiful. And there's no development out here. And, I mean, it's it's because it's a protected yeah, land. It's theirs. It's, it's theirs. it's their land. Yeah.
0: And we're on the river.
4: Is the Bighorn River, Brian? Yeah, the Bighorn River. It's a majestic, beautiful place. It's, it's mystical up here, you know? It's, yeah. It's kind of still magical. And, and even as you kind of cross into the border, you know, I think space holds spirit. You know, Eugene Peterson yeah. talks a lot about land. You know, we don't really get that because here, you know, like, we're like, let's flip houses. Yeah. Ten houses, you know, a year. We just flip them, flip them, flip them. Like, land doesn't mean anything to us, you know? But even, you know, you go to Israel, like land's everything. Yeah. People, yeah. yeah my, 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 my family's lived here for a thousand years. Right? Right. I mean, it's very, yeah. it means so much, you know? Yeah. So I think land still carries a spiritual nature that we miss sometimes. And like being out here is, is spiritual, it's, it's part of the, the magic of what happens here. It's definitely amazing. Space, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, the Bighorn River is an amazing place and, um, you know, kind of a, bucket list place for fly fishermen. So yeah, yeah. Cool. which is clearly all of us. Yeah, clearly exactly. Yeah.
0: Prop in the water yet. We were in the water for 10 minutes and prop caught
4: and prop, props going to be on the front cover of the next Orvis magazine. Yeah, you know, he, he caught two look. He
0: caught two in two minutes, which is more than some people caught in like seven hours. I don't, I don't, cover. I was not going to
3: brag.
4: I was mess. not going to
0: hit he the stunt mess. button.
3: however I did catch two within 10 minutes I'm just yeah it was pretty incredible it's pretty it's it's uh, pretty phenomenal like
2: rainbow trout brown trout world class it's amazing
3: and we have a good thing to report if if you haven't figured this out yet Uh, Jesse was not eaten by an elk yet so good. No, this is great. Got
0: close. Yeah. Got a a couple, I, I, I got spooked by some horses yesterday. <laughs> like <laughs> we legit. Save we save that. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. We'll save
0: that. Well, yeah, but, they, uh, they
4: smelled that greasy hair. And exactly. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: they, 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 they saw
0: an easy meal. Uh, yeah. Fresh kill. Yeah.
2: Well, we have a, a great show in store for you. Uh, we're doing our best to do a normal show. So if yeah. this is your first time listening to our podcast, maybe go back and start with a different one. Uh, we're going to do our <laughs> best to uh, do a reasonable facsimile of a normal episode uh, some Montana will be sprinkled throughout but coming up later Damon Lindelof joins yeah. us he's the mastermind behind the shows like uh, lost mm-hmm. and right now the leftovers uh, which combine you know overt spiritual themes with kind of sci-fi and stuff. Uh, the Le- The Leftovers uh, series finale is actually I think this week. Yeah. It's coming is, up. Soon. If it's not this week it's coming yeah. up really soon. Yeah, uh, We had him in the magazine in the last issue and what you'll hear is um, a, another part of that conversation yeah. that uh, you didn't see in the magazine. Um, also coming up later we have a preview or an excerpt from our newest Relevant Podcast Network show called The New Activist, uh, which is in partnership with uh, IJM, International Justice Mission. Yeah. And uh, Eddie is the host. Yeah. And is the debut uh, episode. He has Jenny Yang on, who's the head of activism at World Relief uh, which is one of the nation's leading organizations resettling and helping refugees a yeah. uh, powerful conversation Jenny's one of our heroes She's oh, brilliant so. yeah. she's a
3: gangster. i am like i admire jenny
2: yeah. Yeah. in so many she's ways she's incredible yeah, you put yeah. so we brought
4: together and you got a real
3: we got to do we had we got to sit on a few panel discussions mm-hmm. um, and it was i i just So it's very, it's not often that you sit on a panel and you're like, guys, don't ask me any questions, loft them all to her, yeah, you know, and she, (laughs) and she just, oh my gosh, like I was like, I felt like I was in the audience, even though I was sitting right next to her and I'm like, man, just let this lady talk. She needs a session. Like, I'm just going to
5: sit down.
2: And also, and also coming up later, uh, Brady Toops, artist, singer, songwriter, Brady Toops is on the show. Uh, He's out here on the trip with us and he has a new album out He just got off the road uh, doing a 20 city tour, needed a week of rest. So he's here with us in Montana, Uh, but we talked him into getting the guitar out and playing us a song, and that comes up later on the show as well. So it's a packed show because normally we have like, I mean, it's maybe an hour of Mm -hmm. like culture recap and slices Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. We're in Montana. <laughs> you know more about what's going on right
3: well, now than we do Wi-Fi. Yeah,
2: plus, you can, get, you can get
0: that any week. Yeah, this right? is a special Jesse's week. holding yeah. a
4: Nike sock right now. My, yeah. my, my
0: gosh. <laughs> my podcast setup right now is a microphone with one of Cameron's socks on it, which he claims is clean and never worn. But I just want to let everyone know my mouth is directly on it. And uh, I hope he th- you have no choice but to throw this out. Or it's going to be weird for you knowing that something that is now on your foot was basically touching my mouth for an hour. I mean, Nike
4: <laughs> should be sponsoring this this episode i
2: mean
3: this is can be. <laughs> so it's we, definitely a thing
2: we uh uh well, the reason why we're out here is i've been coming for a few years now and what brian is doing quietly behind the scenes i think is an important work and that's why i wanted to have brian join us for a few minutes because um he runs an organization called the Ref- refuge foundation and um what tell us the heart behind um what you're doing here with Refuge.
4: Man, it's just people, Cameron. You know, it's it's all about guys that are leading on the, on the front lines and in a lot of different ways. Uh, we, we think a lot about kingdom influencers. You know, I think for a long time we thought about just pastors. And we're like, oh, it's all about pastors in the church because we love the church. And, you know, being a pastor for a long time, I saw a lot of carnage in the church. And I think if you've been around the church for a while, you're like, yeah, I've seen that. Um, but the longer we've been doing this, it's all about people that have influence. I mean, this week alone, we got guys up here from Hollywood and L.A., Nashville, yeah. you know. Um, just lots of different guys. You know, next week, we got a bunch of guys coming from Central and South America. So it's all about rest. I mean, we live in a time and a space where there's no room for just getting rest and refueling, and one of the things we talk about all the time is we heal in relationship. Mm. You know, we rest in relationship. Yeah. So for me, like watching you guys, even the breakfast table this morning, like it was like a junior high girl sleepover up there this morning at breakfast. Like I know, I actually know. I'm like, that. okay, guys, like we, we were doing get it to going. We got things yeah. happening, <laughs> the pillow you know fights. I mean? like, but but there was, that was healing taking place this yeah. morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was I like it I too. was just watching, them going like. Guys were just—they were leaning in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't guys just like, yeah, I don't care about you, because the people that we serve—they naturally care about each other because yeah. they have an affinity for what they're doing as world changers. And and uh, so being in a space like this, I think, is really special and sacred and restful in itself. And then with other people, we rest the best that way. Otherwise, you know, when you're by yourself, we I mean, don't leave Jesse alone by himself with no. his own mind he'll, and his thoughts. No, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not that's dangerous that's work. things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's work right there. There's no rest in that. Yeah. But you know we we almost become a distraction from one another in a way, and and I think too, I even just listening to some of the conversation with guys, I'm, I've heard some guys talking about some some things that are deep on their heart that I know they're not talking with a lot of people about. Yeah. Um. And then just our own like theological issues and challenges and things that are challenging me, you know, things that yeah. people say, and I'm always, I mean, every week I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm there yet, or you know, I mean, there's just it's just a beautiful thing. So I, refuge is really all about you taking care of leaders, keeping them in the game. For another day. We can keep Cameron in the, in the game for no, another day, Jesse in the game for another day, propping the game for another day. Yeah, man. Then we did our job. I, you know?
2: I was invited uh, three is my fourth trip out and uh, I was invited the first time by, you know, a group of, of church leaders that were coming and I kind of knew one of the guys and yeah. it was a, the year I was going through my divorce and he emailed me and he said, hey, I'm going out to Montana. There's no strings attached. Come with us. We're going to fly fish. We're going to shoot guns. We're just going to hang out. And I was like, I've done none of those things. And I was in a season of life where Bob Goff told me to say yes to stuff. And I uh, I said, yes. And I showed up. I didn't know any of them. I didn't know Brian. I didn't know the ministry that they're doing. And the way that he and his team like served and just made us feel loved and cared for and welcome. And also, like you know took us on adventures and like you know you, you get to jump off the cliff yeah. you know figuratively and literally and 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 it, it just like it something is freeing in that and yeah and to really come up here without agenda for a week and be able to just just rest and and brian is amazing at like you can you can go full tilt you could fish all day every day you could go do extreme things or you could literally sit on the back porch overlooking the reservation Mm -hmm. and rest and read a book and do nothing. I mean, whatever you want to do. And it's like, when do we ever stop to be able to get to do that as you know, especially like, you know, whether you're a church leader or you're just in you're you're out in front. Maybe you started at something or you're an artist or whatever. You've got to go, 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 go. It's always about what's next. Where you are going? Whatever. You never stop. And I think I didn't realize that about my own life, my own pattern. And, and, Every
3: year now, Brian makes me stop for a week. And it's like, yeah.
2: been so restorative to my soul.
3: It's so crazy to think about like, like you said, like how hard, stopping is difficult. It is. Rest yeah. is it's difficult. It's harder than going. It, it's really hard. is. it really is. Rest is very difficult. The first
2: night we were here, a couple of guys asked me, um, you guys both arrived late. We were chatting yeah. before you guys got here. And one of the guys asked me, he goes, when do you, when do you actually start like relaxing? Like during the week? Like yeah. when does it hit you? And I'm like, it's usually around Wednesday. Wednesday, all of a sudden, you felt you, you feel your blood pressure has yeah. dropped, and you the rhythm is different, and yeah. you're actually in the new rhythm versus yeah. like kind of like you're still transitioning. And then by Thursday, you're you're
4: you're really I'm in, here, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. And then oh crud, I got to go home. On Friday,
2: it's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it's like a two
4: day week. For yeah, me. I think yeah. it's about being present too. Like I know yeah. for me, like one of the hard things with my kids and my wife, and my you know. It's like put your phone down and be present yeah, yeah. like look at me you know like because it takes a while to be really present like it takes to get beyond the surface of conversation with my kids and with my wife with friends like it takes a little while it's not like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or a coffee like it takes a long time especially for men you know yeah and so uh you know space like this gives us time to get there you know and and uh you're talking earlier about just all going hard like i think we become victims of our own success Like so many guys, like we'll take care of 400 guys out here this this year, all of them incredible leaders, you know, very good at what they do. And so many of them, I look at them and I almost like feel uh, sympathetic towards them. Hmm. You know, there's an empathy as well, but you know, I understand that like we become victims of our own success. We want to be so successful, and then we become successful and we're like, shoot. Like I can't stop. I can't get off of this. Yeah, the
3: the the this wheel because the wheel is actually like when you leave, the wheel is still spinning. We're still getting emails. Yeah, we're still getting texts. We're still there's still things need that need to get taken care of at home. Um, you know, on top of all that, like, you know, Jesse and I being parents, like, it's you know, I'm still thinking about like my wife trying to like drop off all the kids during this time while I'm here, and then just this idea of like I want to help, but I know like if I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm not helping. I'm
0: going to be better after this. I'm be you know better. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because when we were uh, the other morning, me and you were driving. Uh, I, th- I think we were just chit-chatting outside, and you were talking about, you know, how there is no like agenda, like when people like, and the importance of, like you said, of just slowing down. Because I feel like for a lot of people, it is easy to get like in that like shark mode where you feel like if you stop swimming if you stop going hard you stop breathing you know what i mean like it's hard to it's hard to stop but you know one thing interesting thing you were telling me was like you know you wanted something where there's no sessions there's no uh, there's no like particular agenda when was the moment that you're like man that's what people need like that they need to just be you know if they want to like cameron said wander around if they want to do activities do you remember the moment where you're like this is this is the calling this is what we got to do
4: yeah it was the moment when we were all like crispy ourselves I mean I was a pastor for 10 years so you know I told people all the time like we didn't start something to start something like, oh that's a great idea yeah. we started this out of necessity for ourselves as a matter of fact you talk about your your wife and stuff prop and um, the first year we did this with a bunch of guys 12-13 years ago five guys mm-hmm. all running hard all in full time ministry um, all maybe starting to get a little disillusioned a little cynical um and so we went fishing one one year, a bunch of guys I met at conferences and stuff. And we loved it. I mean, like you could literally see like the facial change of, you know, like your eye, you know, your skin, yeah. kind of, you know, your color comes back to your face. Like I I was literally watching it. I was like, so like the, the moment it hit for me was like, I'm like, I watched it in our own souls. Like our own lives. I was like, this is what I want. I tell people all the time, like people go to church conferences now to go to Chili's afterwards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't go because, you know, the sessions are great, but you're like, like even Cameron and I were at a conference in October together. It was like, we were out to like you know, you were out till late. Like, yeah, my Judah, wife was Judah there. So I had to get I had to get home I had a yeah. Judicit party. <laughs> <You know> <laughs> <what> <laughs> I mean? But yeah. it was like that was like we were all kind of waiting for all day. We we're kinda of like, yeah, this is cool. You know, and yeah. then yeah. we're like, hey, so what time are we getting together tonight? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was yeah. like, hey, like the moment. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was like the moment for us. We were like, I was like, I think that's what everybody really wants. Yeah. I think what everybody really wants. So I'm like, how do we extend that into a five day experience? But we just did it for ourselves for years. And as a matter of fact, the funny thing was, the second year our wives sent us back. I kid you not, we were all like, We're all too busy. Yeah. Can't do it next year. We can't do the fishing trip, and our wives made us go. It's cool because man. they felt safe. See, I think our wives start feeling unsafe when we go so hard and so fast. When we put ourselves in places where somebody can't say something honest to us, something can't say somebody can't say something true to us, because sometimes <laughs> we don't listen to them. You know, sometimes somebody will tell me something two years later, I'll tell my wife, I'm like, "Yeah, this is really cool thought." And she's like, "I told you that two years ago. and You never listened to me." Yeah. But then some guy tells you, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's a really good idea." Yeah. Well, that's it's crazy. Like speaking of that,
3: like my wife, even for this trip. This was uh I mean, she's starting a new job this week, my um, my new like record went up for pre-order and all the all the p r started this week. and she looked at the calendar and said, Oh, this is perfect. You need to go this week. You know what I mean? Like this is the time to not be obsessed with like charts, places and numbers and like interviews and just like constantly checking like your your rating and stuff like that. She's like, no, go away. I think this is great for you. You
4: know, it was interesting. Even last year, Mike Foster was in your room, I think. Weren't you guys rooming last year Mm -hmm. in the same cabin? Mm -hmm. And Mike had just like released his new book, you know, and everybody's like, oh, he'll never come. And like you're so proud of him because he's like, this is exactly what I needed in a week. Yeah. And there's so much dropping.
2: Well, I, I, there's two concepts at play here. Number one, Sabbath. We, you yeah. know, we yeah. don't truly rest and unplug in, in our in our daily lives. Uh, many of us, and even guys who are like out leading and you know doing stuff, and, and, and girls, sorry, not just guys. This is all of us. We just yeah. have all have things we're pursuing. And then you come home, and you got the family obligations, you got the home obligations. It's like you don't turn off yeah. and you don't like fill up. So. You know, having this thing, even if it's only one fifty seconds of the year, Mm -hmm. it's like it's important. The the other thing is, like, so many leaders like get so isolated, and I think that's what's unique about what you're doing—that you're focusing in on kingdom influencers and people who are like out in front, because those are the people who maybe they're on stage and they're you know they have a lot of people who adore them or follow them or look to them, but they don't realize that behind the scenes, those those people are like isolated. And yeah. a lot of times, the bigger their influence, the bigger the ministry, the more isolated they are. Yeah. And yeah. and and maybe good, well-intentioned, even actual friends like wow, they're so busy, I don't want to bother yeah. them. Yeah. Or whatever. And all of a sudden, they're lonely, or or they're you know built this like you know isolated little thing for themselves, and then that's where disillusionment comes in. That's where a lot of times you know weaknesses start to emerge, and yeah. you know uh, uh, you see leaders falling mm-hmm. and it's because they don't have community. And mm-hmm. I think what's unique about what you're doing here is you're doing intentional community and, and it's like come back every year, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and like, this isn't a one and done. This no, isn't a little rhythm, trip. Rhythm. It's a part of your life now and you're not isolated anymore. Yeah. And, and seeing guys, you know, I've been on trips with incredibly famous people that I'm like, I can't believe that they're here. And then, you know, guys who are just kind of coming up mm-hmm. and I love that we're all just here on a trip together yeah. and there's no, You know, entourages, and there's no whatever. It's just we're all peers. And I love that about what you build. And I think it's important. And frankly, we need to pursue that in our daily lives. I mean, we need to be aware of the little isolation things that we do, and we need to like purposefully put ourselves in community. I, I, you know, a few years ago, as you know, I went through big life changes, I realized I had done that to myself. And so, like, you know, I got plugged in at church, and Mm -hmm. like, I hate the idea of doing a community group, but. I host community groups in my house and I open up my home every week and you know just like right, not right now we're not in session but but you know like I'd like force myself to get on my own bubble Mm -hmm. and some of my closest friends are people I've met at church now you know what I mean it's like I needed that and it's like you don't even realize it's happening Mm -hmm. until like a lot of times Guys cross the line and like you know yeah it's, they break down. Well, it, it's
0: one thing we were Cameron and I were texting. I don't know it was probably Thursday or Friday last week. And we you know as people who listen to the podcast know we launched new shows. Prop with Shauna we got you know the IG we got all this stuff. I mean if you looked at the calendar for like the, the summer and the fall which we we're meeting about and then we got the magazine, we got all this stuff, you know, and we were texting back and forth about this trip after we've been in these meetings and stuff. And Cameron, his last text to me was like, we need this. Yeah. And I never think about that concept of like need. You yeah. Know what I mean, like everything's like, if I get a little margin, I'll chill out, you know, yeah. like if I get a little time, but that's
6: never going to happen. It's not going to happen. But that's
0: my point. It's like when you realize this is something you need, it just as a human being, especially yeah. as someone, you, you know, who, yeah. who you, you know, as, as Christians, you know, we, we try to be like somewhat in touch with like those spiritual aspects you know and the idea of like no this is like a need
4: but we feel guilty though right yeah we feel so like it is a need but we feel guilty we're like oh my kids my wife my job yeah. it's not fair other people don't get to do this you know
3: or i'm thinking about like how much like now i have double work when i get back right so then right. i'm not really relaxing because i'm just like oh yeah. man that inbox is piling up yeah. you know but like let it pile yeah yeah it's gonna yeah. pile anyway yeah You know what I'm saying? like yeah. that's the part that like for me that's the brain turn off yeah. it's like it's gonna or this idea, like, especially, like, I mean, um, I think in, in one of Brady's songs, he kind of talks about, like, this fear of, like, if I'm not on it, like, that I'm going to it's going to stop working like the 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 bookings are going to stop coming like mm-hmm. if i don't say yes if i don't if i'm not on it if i'm not putting out new music people are going to forget about me you you're not going to matter anymore so you're like whenever something yes yes i want to do this tour because i'm nervous that if i stop saying yes to something people are going to stop asking you know what i'm saying but like it's just it just creates this panic all the yeah. time like you're always in this this panic and if but if the moments that i feel like god is like really made me be like, yo, like chill. You know what I'm saying? Like then I enjoy touring again, you yeah.
4: know? Yeah. Well, I think you got to look at the life of Christ period. Like we live in such a hyper busy world right now. Like there's nothing in the new Testament, like makes any sense to us. Like mm. from that perspective, yeah. I mean, Jesus like is walked on, like it was like the dusty roads that Jesse was walking on this morning. <laughs> wind blew. But you know what I mean? Here, here he is. He, he's just spending hours walking from this place to that place. Like just, a crew of them, you know, him and his like, his yeah. you know, 12 dudes, like just like we're rolling. And like, in that time, time and space, like God's doing all these things, but like, it's not the same kind of high pressure adrenal r- going all the time. Like, you yeah. know, as Christians, we don't know, you know, it's like this monastic life that I, you know, I think you gotta be careful cause there's a balance there because you know, it's easy to get caught up in this monastic life of never being out doing anything, never engaging the world, never engaging culture, but also the same time, it's easy to just go, go, go and work all the time and never, you know, stay in touch with that that quiet spirit, you know? So yeah, I think it's too about authenticity up here though. You know, like where can you go and just be authentic and be yourself as a leader? Um, so if you're listening today, you know, I just encourage you like, Love your pastor more, yeah. you know, send more yeah. cards, thanking him, you know, because the assumption is everybody's like, oh yeah, you're probably getting like lots of thank you cards and how what a great guy he is. And now I'll tell you what he's getting. He's getting a lot of cards that are saying like music's too loud. Your yeah, theology's wrong. <laughs> you should be talking <laughs> yeah. about this and that. And why aren't you? And, you know, so being, being a, a group that we want to fight for, you know, pastors and kingdom influencers, like be, be lovers of your leaders, you know, and, and, you know, maybe be that person that writes him a little note this week and say like, Hey, you meant so much to me, yeah. send him an email, like, Hey, I appreciate what you've done in my life and how you've poured awesome. into me and sowed into me. And, uh, you can't ever go wrong with like living a life of encouragement and blessing, you know,
2: and it's cool for me too, seeing even as refuge has evolved and grown over the years this year, you guys started doing trips for, um, female leaders. And influencers, mm-hmm. you guys just did one in Austin. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I mean, you're taking care of yeah. the kingdom. I love, I love that. Probably one day we're gonna look back and like, you know, there's gonna be this like generation of healthy leaders. And yeah. what shifted? And yeah. they yeah. all yeah. point back to our little sensei, Brian Carpenter, <laughs> yeah. the guy yeah. behind the shift. Scenes. Yeah, for real. We talk yeah.
4: grassroots, man. We're just keeping on the the, the low DL like grassroots, yeah. just influence a few people. And, you know, maybe yeah, that'll change I love it, man.
2: So. Well, thank you for everything. Yeah, yeah man, sure this has been guys, a blast. Man. we sure yeah. love you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, trying to move the show along. We'll we'll do a a little bit. Okay, you got to remember, we went off the grid. Now, literally. <laughs> okay. So how we're doing this is we are kind of breaking the spirit of this place, and we're actually doing a little bit of work yeah. in the middle of yeah. the week. Yeah. But this right is it. Now. This yeah. Is it. This is it. And then I'm driving into Billings, an hour and a half. To find some sort of Wi-Fi cafe to upload this on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I am. We're going to cameras <laughs> gonna be
0: tearing through the night or the afternoon, yes. like the sunset is going down, like a pack of wolves <laughs> chasing him down the Montana highway.
3: <coughs> Try, th- Movie th- th- time.
0: I don't think people realize the heroic effort that is going into them hearing this. It's
2: true. I will. Yeah, I'm gonna have this like in a backpack. I'm gonna be on a motorcycle. I'm gonna find a, a FedEx office and I'm gonna find Wi-Fi. And if you're possible. asking, how
0: is he gonna find a FedEx office? Because there's no Wi-Fi. Out He's going There's a. There's a very treacherous mountain nearby that he's gonna ride the motorcycle to the top of, to look use out. his binoculars, <laughs> and, and ride down as the wolves chase him to the FedEx store. It's, yes, it's heroic. To get it this is podcast yeah, in, out yeah.
2: for you guys. It's how much they love yeah. you. It's important. But uh, um, you know the thing is, we went off the grid on Monday, so mm-hmm. you know we're we're sitting there. You're hearing this on Friday. Yeah, five yeah. days of news. We have no clue. It should be in case we missed it. Right. That's just <laughs> <laughs> so here's our look back at what happened last At some least point, until Tuesday. <laughs> last weekend. It, Entertainment. When I was at the airport uh, stranded in Minneapolis three nights ago. No, yeah. Uh, it's time for. In
7: case you missed it.
2: Well, in case you missed it last weekend. Uh, Chance the Rapper. <laughs> an interview with uh, Chance came out. Uh, and he sat down with Teen Vogue magazine, which, by the way, if you haven't been reading Teen Vogue magazine, Dude, they're here. killing it right yeah. now. They are, they are killing it. They up. are, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they're, yeah. Anyway, they sat down with Chance, and uh, during their conversation, he discussed the somewhat complicated relationship he has with like labels, not music labels, but like being categorized yeah. mm-hmm. as a as they pertain to his outspoken Christian faith, and and then his explicit music. You know, yeah. so uh, he told uh, it was Jordan Peele. Yeah, he sat down yeah. with actor, writer, comedian Jordan Peele, and he. Topio um one of my biggest fears with coloring book his album was that it would be labeled. I, I hate labels. I never sought out for people to recognize it as a gospel album. And then he says, I don't make Christian rap, but I am a Christian rapper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a, that's a distinction that we understand at relevant we cover this all the time, but like for him to kind of finally like say that to, you know, people who are trying to say, "Well, you a Christian, no, like he just said yeah. this is what it is. And um yeah.
3: Yeah, it's cool he, that he doesn't have to mince words. I think oftentimes, yeah. like because of the umbrella of CCM in general, yeah, like, yeah. hip hop artists, like obviously me being one of them, like it's always been hard to kind of like because we're not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Tomlin. You know what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, well, it's hard to say, you know, it's not worship music, it's not this. So it's it's always um, it's always hard to like really figure out what we're trying to say in the sense that like, yeah, this isn't meant for corporate worship. Him not having the umbrella of CCM is able to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian rapper without the baggage.
0: Well, it's it's interesting because that baggage is so prevalent that even he admitted like he was concerned about labels coming in. Yeah, so
2: he said when 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 Coloring Book was about to release, you know, listen, if you've heard it, it has... Openly worshipful moments, mm-hmm. uh, lyrics about God. He covers Chris Tomlin's song, yeah. Um, but then obviously it's explicit, yeah. Um, and I don't think there's a clean version available on Apple either. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you got to sit down with the with the whole range of the yeah, content yeah, if you want to yeah. listen to it. Um, he he said he was concerned about being misunderstood. Uh, so prior to his release this is what he said. Uh, when I was going out and trying to give full glory to God in in my setting, I feared that people would be dismissive of it. Like, oh, this is Christian rap. I'm not trying to hear it. But it's the total opposite. People were very accepting of it. Whether they say, I'm an atheist, but I love coloring book. Or they say, I'm so glad I was able to get closer to God through this project. People had formed opinions about what I put into the world. I think that's always part. the goal of art is to make people ask themselves questions. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, in case you missed it this week or last week or the weekend prior to at Monday, at some point, at some yeah. point prior to Monday, Aziz Ansari spoke out about Master of Nuns'
3: religion episode. Yeah. So the
2: new yeah. season of Master of none is out, so good. And it's, I watched it on
3: the way here. The religion episode, yeah.
2: And so, like, it's really interesting how the, almost each episode is self-contained. Yeah. There's, there's, they're like
3: short films. They really,
2: really and I feel at moments. It feels like a film student, film yeah. school yeah. project, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's so good. Well, one of the episodes is called religion and uh, um, Vulture published an interview with Aziz about the religion episode and uh, the real life experiences behind it. So this is what he said. As a kid, your religion is just doing whatever your parents picked up. I've never heard of a kid who's like, well, I studied every religion and the one I picked ended up being uh, the one my parents picked. No, everyone's like, this is what our parents did. We're going to do the same thing, and you're going to do the same thing. And I remember, even as a kid, just not liking that aspect. I remember learning about religions in school and being like, well, why? And then this is there before there's any kind of issue with Islam. I, I didn't want to be doing it just because my parents did it. Yeah. Um, and that comes through in the episode. Well, well the, the, the thing is like even if
0: you're not a Muslim, like his parents, like the episode is, is through uh, the lens yeah, of cool. his personal experience. But I feel like even if you grew up in a re- any sort of religious atmosphere, you can relate to the tension that he's wrestling with, uh, you know, not, it, because like he said there the, the, at the core of the tension is like do I believe what I believe just because my parents did. Yeah, but even even to the extent and not to dig too much into like Islam, but what he's wrestling with is some of the things that I think he would view as more like legalistic, like eating pork or, you know, the, you know, some of the more, I shouldn't say legalistic. It's just a bit more of the ritualistic and traditional aspects of, right. of the, thing. yeah.
3: And, and i oh, go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. But, but I was just say, you, I, you see that in the Christian uh, totally. households too, like, Oh, well, my parents didn't drink or like, you know, it's, is this me a band or whatever? Listen yeah. to or watch certain kind of culture. Yeah. Is this me abandoning my faith or is this me discovering it yeah. for myself? I feel like no matter what, Personal background where you came from. It's a great episode. Yeah,
3: he totally like without ruining the episode. There's like a moment where he was like, "Mom, you don't wear a hijab." You know what I'm yeah. saying? But you're mad about me and this pork. It's like you've you've picked something that you're like, "I'm not really. This isn't yeah. a hill I'm going to die on." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So him, there was this yeah, this like undertone of being like, "I actually like if I believe this, I want to believe it for me." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And actually, you've you're you guys are kind of doing the same thing. Like you've picked and choose. And then, then the other part with like, just the whole metaphor of the pork and finally tasting bacon was like, I feel like, like you said, anybody can relate to that. For, for some, some of y'all like, you know, sort of Bible Belt, it was like the first time you heard secular music. You yeah. were like, oh crap, the, I didn't get struck by lightning. Yeah. And this sounds amazing. Well, and to you know like to the, the
0: idea at the core of it is which is a more authentic experience? The one yeah. that adopts traditions because they feel like a loyalty to their parents or to the historic, you know, a legacy of the faith? Or is it the one that, you know, is comfortable abandoning them to find something that's authentic to them? I mean, for him to be able to do it, and it's funny. Like, it sounds like we're, like, unpacking this, like, crazy, like, religious, yeah. you know, documentary or something. But it's Aziz sorry, It's really funny. But it's cool to hear the background perspective on it. Well,
2: in case you missed it, uh, here's some news on the theological comedy front. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. Uh, Owen Wilson and Daniel Radcliffe are about to play the parts of God and an angel on a new TBS show. It's, it's in the good place-ish take on uh, the workplace comedy. Wilson's God character delegates his more godlike duties to Radcliffe's angel Craig. Uh, Craig <laughs> Craig will have to handle little things like the pending destruction of Earth. Uh, it's being executive produced by Lauren Michaels and longtime SNL writer Simon Rich. It's called Miracle Workers, and it debuts in 2018.
0: I love that. Like we're at a place where, because a good place, you know, has like yeah. these ideas like heaven and hell, and like redemption, and like punishment for sins, and things like that. But that we're. There was like a time when like weird, absurdist sci-fi comedies were everywhere. You know, yeah. like I, I feel we always talk about like Alf and Little uh, uh, Small Wonder, and yeah, like yeah, things yeah. like that. But I love the fact that there, those are sort of coming back, but through the lens of like commentary about religion yeah. and like social. Because ultimately, I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the show, but ultimately, like in the premise, which is just funny, reading it, like Craig has to deal with. <laughs> it, but but this but there, Craig. But there's what what is at the core of these shows? Craig the Angel. Yeah. Yeah, but at the core of these shows, even like The Good Place, is a real cultural tension with, like, okay, if we say we believe what we do believe about God, someone's making those decisions. Like, if we, like, the idea of sovereignty, yeah. someone's making the decisions to, to do destruction. Or, like, with The Good Place, like, uh, you know, are there eternal consequences for our action? They're wrestling with these tensions in, like, such a funny light that, you know, I don't know if the show's going to be good, but yeah, it's got a good pedigree.
3: Yeah, and to think that, like, art and people that make art, uh, film, you know, music, like, they aren't like other in our culture, like they're members of the culture. Yeah. So you're watching, you know, terrorism and, and political climate and all that. You're experiencing, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, you know, what am, what evangelicals are saying about the world and how they voted and yada, yada. And then, you know, uh, what, what you know, Islam and radical terrorism or, you know, whatever the case may be, like all those things and still just really trying to make sense out of the world we're in now but, you know what I'm saying and it's showing up in your art well, you know that, I
0: mean? well that's the thing with Damon Lindelof yeah. who you'll hear from later in the episode you know he's doing it through the lens of like sci-fi and you know yeah. kind of venture and drama you have this happening in comedy with Aziz with shows like this and The Good Place you know it, it, it is a fascinating time where religion and faith are at the the cross point of this cultural tension and people are comfortable enough to be a little irreverent with it you know the
2: yeah. big spoiler alert about Damon Lindelof the, the series finale The Leftovers Yeah, I saw I saw a screener for it. Okay, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) the big twist at the end was Craig. Craig shows up. Craig and, and tees up the show that's going to come <laughs> out next year. And then you so. find out it was all a dream in Jack's head from Lost. Like <laughs> yeah. the plane
0: never even crashed. It's this was all dreamed up. Yeah. Well, uh, this, they call the smoke monster Craig <laughs> in The Leftover. So. <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig slash smoke monster the angel of Owen Wilson.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for Casey. case you stay tuned for a very Montana esque slices. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. No, I Well, here's where I would say the song you're listening to. Yeah. The problem is, <laughs> I don't know what you're listening to because I had to send this file midweek, you know, yeah. uh, from Montana. He
0: drove through a thunderstorm. There was lightning bolts hitting the desert floor beside him as he blasted <laughs> through the desert. motorcycle. Way to the
3: dangers was playing as yeah. he's somewhere. I don't know where the speaker was coming from, but it was playing. So Crazy. Chandler
2: uh, picked out uh, the music. Uh, I, I had a suggestion for the opener. I don't even know if he if he took the suggestion. But uh, uh, so you're just listening to music. If you want to know what was playing on the today's show, go over to the podcast episode page at relmags. dot and they're all listed yep. there like they are every week. All right, well, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so I was, uh, you know, I
0: don't know if you guys heard about this. This is super interesting. Okay, Um, you know, a lot's been going on that I don't know
2: about. Because we do not have the internet. We don't have the internet. We don't have the
0: internet. So I had to find out regional news. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, here is the thing. Here is the thing. I'm in Montana. I don't even know if they deliver the newspaper out here. So that made that difficult. Yes. Uh, So I just had to like take up the officer's evasions from the land. Okay. And here is one thing I learned. In case you miss, or or, 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 in in, in Montana these days the highway speed limit is over 80 miles an hour but really you can just open it up and if you're a passenger in an F-150 particularly in the bed of it it is terrifying to drive these highways because the guys out here have learned to take corners a little hotter than I'm comfortable (laughs) with I haven't said anything but I think at one point one of the guys apologized because he saw my my knuckles literally get white this is 80 mile an hour speed limit yeah
2: is it really? yes on the highway 80 miles an hour minimum 65 but I'm literally about to go Brent Motorcycles. So yeah. the highways that I will be riding are eighty miles an hour. Eighty. Just miles cause there's an only hour. four
3: people on it. All day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah.
2: Yeah. So That's so
0: crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm suggesting and here's the thing, I haven't seen one traffic jam out here. Granted, I've not seen any cars.
2: Well but I, hold on. We did have a traffic jam yesterday when we, we did. had the truck in a field a bunch of horses came and stood in front of us and we couldn't get out. Right?
3: I mean, that was going to be my slice. Okay, but let's yeah. hear it. Let's so the, hear it. His slice is going to be about the traffic jam. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Montana. so tell us what happened yesterday. Oh, we're you out. want to go with mine? Yeah, Mont- yeah yes. so it. we were um, doing Montana things, shooting guns at uh, zombie targets, and... Having a great time. And um, can I, can we, can, can we, we give jump a little in, back? get another slice there?
2: No. Can we say what we thought that the target was? Yes. I think so.
3: So, okay. Let me paint the
0: picture a little. Okay. <laughs> so we've been hanging with, with the dudes for refuge uh, all morning. We've been fishing. I say we've been fishing. The three of us and our guides, we talked our guides into pull over, pulling over about twenty five minutes into the fishing trip, <laughs> and we, we we anchored our boats we just hung out and goofed around and ate sandwiches and literally goofed around on the shoreline for like an hour and a half yeah, and had true. a blast while everyone else fished. Yeah. I think we had the most fun. I I I so today, So then, you. so we're sitting there and guys like, hey, why don't we, why don't we just call call this thing and we'll go shooting guns? We're like, let's do it. Yes, in Montana. Yeah, exactly. So we load up. Long story short, we get to where we're going to go when we have, we're, we're, we have we're like armed with assault rifles, <laughs> actually assault rifles <laughs> and we get to the field and these dudes we've been hanging out with, they're like, they're like, Hey, just wait in the truck. We're gonna go put the targets up, and then we'll drive you back to the place, you know, a few hundred yards out, and we'll shoot them. So we're about halfway between where we're gonna shoot and yeah, where the targets about, are. It's
2: probably sixty yards, fifty, yeah. 50, yeah. 50 or sixty so, yards. So you can
0: kind of you can kind of see what they're doing. But we're still they we're not in earshot, right. you know. Uh, uh, and one of the guys gets out, and <laughs> he puts uh, 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 like a standard target, with like the bullseye, bullseye and stuff. Yeah. Uh, on each side. And then he goes and, and takes out a target and places it right in the middle. Prop, I want you to take the
3: story from yeah, there. Yeah, so it's clearly like, it's like, you know, one of those like shooting the bad guy kind of targets, right? So I'm looking <laughs> at it, and from far away, <laughs> the dude was wearing a ball cap, mm-hmm. and from far away, I was like, these are rather dark. Like that... <laughs>
2: Is that? It really looked like. I'll be honest with you. We were all sitting there thinking it. Yeah. And then, and like, is that? We were, the what we were thinking without saying a word was. Is that really a target of a dark skin man that to <laughs> do that? And then all of a sudden we're sitting there and he's still hanging. The guys way down the and and the three of us are in the truck and Proptis goes
3: what is that? <laughs> what, is, what, what is that middle target? So I'm like, man, we've been hanging out, we're playing poker, we went fly fishing earlier, just, you know, just hamming it up, shooting the breeze. And he hangs he a picture, of a, hangs right a picture to of a black man with a shooting range. What is happening right now? Oh, man. So, the, so, the, so the guy comes back, you know, he's just trotting along, having a great time, about to show us how to shoot these guns, you know? And then as soon as he opens the door, I was like... Hey, what's that middle target? <laughs> you know? He goes, "Oh, it's a zombie," and I was like, "Oh, and it, and, and, oh it, was, it, was it was definitely green." Yeah, zombie yeah. It, it, From pizza,
0: the distance, the silhouette looked, looked like, like it was a black. Dude. All you saw was, but then you go up, and it's like this green monster zombie carrying a oh, pizza box. Man. But um, and it
2: never even occurred to him. He, yeah. So, it, like, but
0: it, I will say this, you know. I've been relaxed the entire time we've been here. Yeah. I had a surge of like anxiety, <laughs> and a very uncomfortableness for like, I don't know, 15 seconds. 15 from the moment seconds. he's walking back from the target. I'm so to, nervous. To, to prop, like, are you guys seeing what I've seen? And like, we're all sitting I, in the truck, I, I, like, Am I tripping? Oh, like, you know, like,
3: you know yeah. I mean, I'm no, I, I, like, I know it's a thing. You know, I know there's not like, it's not another black man for another 4,400 mile radius. So maybe I'm being sensitive, but I'm like, I just, I don't know, guys. I don't know if we're there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I
0: don't know if we should be shooting um, at that thing. But so anyway, we start shooting. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and these things are loud. Dude, yeah, I
3: mean, they're
2: blasting. So I mean, we're shooting. Like, we have to wear ear protection. Dude, so
0: it's I, I had mine. I took mine off to like, oh, yeah. at no. one point to like. Look down on the scope or no, whatever again. No, no, no. and someone I don't I can't remember who shot one directly next to my head, and I didn't have earbuds, in. and it's ringing, it's really like, it's loud. like startling. So anyway, you would think so it sounds
2: like big explosions. We're in the fields, yeah, just explodes. one would
0: think <laughs> one would think that would frighten away any animals, particularly large, smart ones that yes. know
2: that their guns going off.
3: Yes, so. We're shooting. We're having fun. Our backs are turned, and Jesse notices. Maybe it's time for us to roll out, and immediately. <laughs> Is that
0: what you said? Yeah. Like, just, said, but, okay. Continue. Maybe not those, those
3: turns. So immediately, so I turn, and all of a sudden, I'm like. I know this scenario. We're right back in South Central LA. It was a <laughs> on the horizon on the horizon, standing far enough away just in case we were dangerous, yeah. but close enough to know you're kind of in my yard right now, yeah. was a pack of like free beautiful horses. Yeah they were
2: but they were walking towards us
3: and slowly and like, not like
2: a herd they were sending a they message they were literally shoulder to shoulder in a line Yeah.
3: like you, you, walking directly at us for you guys that totally for you guys that watch you know that that are that subscribe to like the red couch podcast yeah. this was this was not only hood politics this was hood on the range <laughs> politics this is yeah. nature politics this, politic. this yeah. is this is range cuz i'm like th- those horses are gangbanging. like you <laughs> you just what do you, yeah. they was basically like what you're doing on our block, huh? For real. Well, so so you lost. So they they keep
0: walking up. <laughs> they keep walking up, right? And I'm like, I don't know if you guys noticed this. because I was a little embarrassed, but I was like, I'm getting in that truck. Bro.
2: You did. I got
0: in the truck immediately, <laughs> and really, the horse, which dude, is really the smartest okay, thing to okay, do. One of these guys, one of the guys we're with, is like petting the horse on the face. They're feeding it grass. Like you guys, Cameron's like walking right up to it, taking a picture. I'm like, dude, I'm getting in that truck. Are you okay? The- we've joked around about this exact scenario <laughs> where animals come upon us, and it's like, okay, this is about to be like. A self and he walking real slow. I'm like those animals are like 600 pounds. I can I'm,
2: but they didn't stop. This is the thing. They kept coming closer and closer and closer, and it was in a menacing kind of way. It wasn't like it oh, it was fun. so slow
3: and confident. Right? right, that makes you feel like these. Th- yeah, they're—they they're they're know what they're, they're doing. Us. They're not afraid of us. Okay, they're,
0: they're gonna push us off their land. So I'm like sticking my. Everyone else is out wandering amongst the beast, and I have my <laughs> phone out, and I'm like filming them out the car window. The car's, <laughs> you know, not it's not moving or anything. So I'm sitting there, I'm like watching the video I made. And I hear a prop like, "Yo, Jesse, look over." I swear to you, <laughs> this is not true? Pop. It's facts. I was sitting on the right hand back Dry, seat, passenger r- side, passenger side, and I turn over, and I'm thinking someone's gonna be sitting next to me because I can feel like a presence. A freaking horse head is is <laughs> completely. I can feel it breathing on my jugular, <laughs>
3: completely in the Are car. You not, am
0: I lying? There I is this. The is breath. Not a, um, Jesse I can feel the breath on my throat. <laughs> I can feel the breath on my throat. Like at any, have you guys seen Alien with Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, where she is famous scene where yeah, she's yeah. like looking straight ahead and the alien faces right beside her like and it's like slobbering all over and she's crying. That was me in the back of the car yesterday. and I'm like, just take me just if you want the throat, just make it quick. Just horse bite me in the throat and take it. He, it, was,
2: it was weird because like while that was happening, the horses had fully surrounded the truck. They right? surrounded so the like, truck. Yeah, they like in the front. They were blocking us in on all sides and then clearly the king horse. Yeah, had, you know, came in to put his and head pulled in the alien security with alpha horse. I did dude. I was trying to play it so cool
0: i was terror i was not gonna say we're with like the man we're with like the the most like range dudes ever this is the most like they're talking man, about like, former like uh,
2: soldiers
0: yeah like, yeah exactly are, yeah. i w- i was like hey man i, I- <laughs> these horses <laughs> I-, I literally were- asked him what's the last animal that attacked him he said he got bit by both like a wild dog and a domesticated dog in the same day these are real men <laughs> These are real men. with real stuff i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act like a like a- you know I'm not going to start crying, but I was literally at the point of like, guys, can you we did, please yeah. get me out of here? The thing
3: is, because the horses were not in any way phased by the shooting of AR rifles. That's right. Or, what am I going to do? Or human presence. If I they were moving slowly. I they were not
2: jumping. But when you kept talking about the South Central thing, like this was like territory. Totally. That was exa- I could not see it that way then. I mean, it was like, that's exactly what happened. They, they calmly came over. They were like, get out of here and yeah. then they addressed like addressed us calmly they yeah. did but they, but their physical intimidation of dude just,
0: it, I, I thought I'm safe in the car it's like Jurassic Park it's totally. like those fools in Jurassic Park who are like just get in the car and lay down no you're drawing more attention to yourself they're yes. going for the car first it's yeah. head, do you, it's you think the I'm car. scared of your car Yeah, yeah. you think exactly. I'm scared of this car exactly it was It was the, 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 the. I looked over and it was the eye of like the Tyrannosaurus <laughs> like right. It was a freaking horse head he's not
3: like I'm not scared I'm yeah. not intimidated yeah. I just need you to know yeah get out y'all need to leave
7: now yeah, yeah.
0: I'm like, i I was like I was like prop, I'm not trying I was looking at my phone, I didn't look I'm like prop, I'm not trying to be rude, man, but you need to get some gum
7: or mint or something. Your
0: breath is Oh it's a horse head right there. That's not a prop.
2: Oh yeah. man. So Great. that's 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 prop slice. Yeah. No, yeah. What what's your what's your slice, Jesse? Uh,
0: well in addition to my observation about the speed limits, I found another uh, thing about Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, that um cows walk Carelessly close to the sides of cliffs. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me back up for a context. second. Let, let me get let me let me say something. I've had two points in this trip where I've been like super nervous about something bad happening. One is when a horse could have <laughs> bit my throat out if he wanted to and decided not to yeah. because he right. sensed the fear. Right. The second is we're on a we're, we're, we're floating down a river. Yeah, the big fly river,
2: and, and, and the side the sides of the river, you know, are cliffs, yeah, cliffs. Little, yeah, you know, and like and, and it's surrounded by cattle ranches and, you know, reservation land and stuff like that. But so, yeah, it's cliffs on either side,
0: right? And so we're cruising down the river, fly fishing, and you're kind of... It's like a winding, snaking river with cliffs. And, like, we come upon, like, like a herd of cows or whatever on the banks. But, like, the bank gets steeper and steeper. And I'm like... And we're all talking about the cows and how cool they are or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, man, uh, look up on that cliff side like there's like a mangy outcast cow that's like hanging on and I just sw- hang out together. Yeah, and I am not like really, really like, I'm like that's a, that's no. a little weird that he's like he's over by himself and he's like on the edge of the cliff. I It's like patchy look our, I think a hoof was hanging off the cliff face like <laughs> he's like I'm like th- this he cow. Looked,
2: he looked wobbly.
0: Yeah, th- and I, and and so I said to the guys in the boat. I'm like, look, I don't know what the ethical thing is here because I feel like that cow's about to fall in the river <laughs> right beside us and like are we just going to watch a cow drown? Yeah. Like, cause that's super messed up, but I'll be honest. I I don't feel comfortable saving a human out here. I don't know if I can save that. I don't cow. Know, I don't know. How you... But I, I feel like, look, man, if that cow falls in the river and we're in a boat, we have some obligation. I'm yeah, not just going to watch want. it drown
2: and float away. It's called natural selection. You the, do have, you do not have nat- that. That cow actually the, the, is owned by someone. Yeah, the, the other thing is
0: like, okay, worst case scenario, that happens. The cow falls in right in front of us. Right. And, and I'm like, dude, this cow drown to help somebody, you know, Montana person help if we have to watch it, that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like this situation. (laughs) Row faster, roll faster. Yeah. And so like later in the trip, later later in the trip, one of the dudes like pulls out like a Ziploc bag. (laughs) He pulls out a Ziploc bag of uh, of pepperoni sticks. And I'm like, dude, I'm crushing these
2: pepperonis. Yeah, and they're like, very proud of these pepperoni sticks because they were made from a donated cow. That's
0: what he said. He's like, he's like, are you liking those? I'm like, dude, these are amazing. Like I thought, yeah. I thought, man, these must have come from, I thought they were like Hello Slim fresh. Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, sweet man, I got to pick these up at Wawa or whatever next time there. He's <laughs> like, no dude, that came from like a donated cow. That thing's fresh. And all I, in my mind, I'm like, that cow fell off a cliff and washed up on the bank. Like, when you say donated, you mean the river donated donated like, by Jesus there's probably cows washing up on the banks, <laughs> it, you know, all, all the time cows and people are just a cliff, so grinding right. them in pepperoni sticks like that's I found a, like a dark
3: secret out here. Well, that's, that's, that's the real reason the, the yeah. lake is called bighorn. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, horses. They, they just fall
2: just in all the time. Just it's just a, it was the mangy sick cows that fall in though. Yeah. That's why they can only make pepperoni out there. It's like already spicy. Well,
0: well that's what I say. That's they didn't even spice it. They just cut it yeah. And a bunch of pepperoni sticks, sticks. fell out. It's, yeah, just slices. Something out. weird happened to the inside of those salmon ones,
2: flavored.
3: But, uh, yeah. I've been learning pepperoni a lot of, yeah.
0: of interesting facts. Hard hitting slices. I've been brought. learning. I mean, these are. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about starting a nature show with all the stuff I learned because most is pretty accurate. I'm not going to fact check it because I have saw with my own eyes. I know what yes. happens. So. We
2: know where pepperoni comes from now. Yeah, that's basically what we're saying. All right. Well, you know, if again, if it's your first time listening to the show, that is exactly what slices is every week. Is <laughs> <as laughs> our observations of the natural world. Yeah. Um, all right. Stay. tuned. Up next, Damon Lindelof joins us. Don't do it. feature interview is brought to you by Movement Watches. Movement was started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So they started Movement, MVMT. Yeah. Uh, that's how you find it. Uh, uh, on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank, uh, they they have launched a cult following. I mean, they are, they've sold over half a million watches in over 160 countries. It's crazy to see. They're basically like the Warby Parker of... Um, yeah, watches. Yeah. There's like good style but good value. Um, they sell their products entirely online so they were able to cut out the middleman and the retail markup and so their watches started just 95 bucks uh, which is a fraction of what department store brands typically charge for a quality watch. Uh, they have classic design, quality construction, styled minimalism and I, I have one. I yeah, love it.
0: Yeah, I have two. I wear them all the time and like I appreciate the ethic of the company too like that independent spirit especially as like doing like a pot, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to be disruptions and doing it in a really cool way with good style and a uh, good price point.
2: That's right. We like we like companies that disrupt yeah, the yeah, industry. Yeah. It's awesome. Right now, they are offering relevant podcast listeners a special offer. You can go to MVMT.com slash relevant and you'll get 15% off today. Plus, you get free shipping and free returns. That's com slash relevant. Join the movement. Yeah. Well, Damon Lindelof, uh, if you read the current issue of Relevant, we we had a fascinating conversation with him about his uh, television journey with Lost and The Leftovers, and his own beliefs and yeah. how spirituality has informed uh, the art that he makes. Uh, it's he really is the guy behind some of the most overt spiritual themed television in yeah. the last ten years. Um, his show, The Leftovers, is wrapping up their series finale this week on HBO. And we thought it'd be a great time to bring you a part of the conversation that didn't make it into the magazine.
0: Yeah, he's he's um, a lot of people, you know, first were introduced to his work on Lost. But since then, not only has he done he, he hand chose The Leftovers, like the novel, right. to adapt for HBO, taking it in an entirely new direction. And the, the cool thing is, like, there are these Christian themes to both shows. But he has like a lot of interesting thoughts about religion and faith. And the thing is, like, I think we we talked to him a little behind the curtain for the magazine. I think we ended up talking for him over, over an hour, and obviously got to edit that down to uh, a piece. And you're like, man, there's so much good stuff. So I'm glad people are being able to hear about it. Um, he's he's a big force in Hollywood right now. You know, he's like a script doctor. Like when like World War Z or one of these movies can't find it an ending, they bring in a guy like Damon Lindolf because he understands like the power of certain kind of story arc. So fascinating guy. fascinating. Stay in interview.
2: Without any further ado, here is part of our conversation with Damon Lindelof.
6: So the storytelling itself, you know, I think is, is part of what makes The Leftovers so fascinating, particularly the way the storytelling, I think, changed and evolved a little bit in season two. And then, I mean, I've only seen the the first episode of season three that they sent me. Uh, but, but I, you know, you can tell, I think it's the same universe, but it seems to be a basing, pacing difference, some interesting things that you're doing. And so I'm curious about how you approached writing the story, uh, or the show, I guess the series, uh, with the difference of you know ABC to to HBO. Do you feel like there was more space in in this different format to explore interesting storytelling types? What what was your approach?
8: Well, I mean, you know, the the biggest difference is the, the number of episodes that you have to produce. Um, you know, the the, cam- the size of the canvas for for broadcast has to be much larger. We were doing twenty three or twenty four episodes of Lost for the first. You know, three seasons at least, and still pretty high episode count for the for the final three, and you know for the leftovers we did 10 10 and eight. So um, it that affects uh, pacing and um, and all all the things uh, therein. But but you know the one thing that I that what I wanted to retain from Lost is that this idea that the episodes felt like episodes. So, although there's a continuing storyline, you could describe an episode of The Leftovers as like, "Oh, this is the one where, you know, Matt Jameson um, finds out someone's trying to build buy his church, and he has to go and dig up some money and gamble it." it like right. the, it, every yeah, every kind of the every hour model. long adventure. Yes, exactly. Um, that The Leftovers is exactly like Friends.
6: Um, <laughs> but uh, so, the main takeaway um, from this interview.
8: Yes, exactly. So. uh um, I think that other than that, you know, the other big difference between, you know, doing something for, for cable and doing something for broadcast is is that broadcast has commercials. And so you have to kind of design the way that the episode unfolds with these little things that we call act outs. So like every seven or eight minutes, there's something dramatic enough that makes someone not want to change the, the channel during the commercial. Um, and you don't, have, you don't have to do that um thank god in um in uh, uh. on an hBO show, you just basically are doing like these little hour long movies
6: yeah
8: um certainly. so the so the the narrative constraints are 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 not as much, and you know um you can have nudity and and violence and and language uh that is more graphic mm-hmm. um uh in in terms of but I never really felt when we were doing loss, like, oh man, I really wish that we could use more F-words. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, that show kind of, what it, 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 it functioned, it, it was perfectly fine to not be graphic, but The Leftovers felt, just based on its subject matter, that it, did, it definitely wanted to feel more gritty and more real and more frightening in those, in those ways that, um, that you would probably be prohibited from doing in, in standard uh, network television.
6: So season three opens with this um this whole like mini arc opening intro series thing um about this I, what appears to be like a quaker family um where the mother puts a lot of stock in um rapture predictions i assume something like rapture yeah. predictions of their church and you know sure. and uh, they they keep failing and over you know the few you know 45 seconds or whatever it is uh the the dad kind of loses his faith or at least his patience with the mother's faith um, and takes the son and then the mom is perpetually frustrated I think by these attempts to put faith in this preacher's predictions that keep coming untrue and then you know we, we jump into the the main story I guess main is the right word um, and then a lot of the people there in Miracle Texas are also looking for this next big event that uh, it's like an August date I yeah. think or something happening in 14 days and then uh-huh. toward the end it's like right. 13 days or something and yeah. it, it seems to me if I'm reading this right so I'm, I'm going to kind of summarize your show so <laughs> if, if, if I get it wrong please Please correct me uh it seems to me it points to, to kind of your central tension or what at least i've observed as a central tension and that's um kind of grief and and what to what it means to move past grief and occasionally even the the place of hope in moving past grief do you think is that fair i mean what does that does that ring true with what you were trying to do
8: yeah for sure i mean i i i think that when someone talks about grief um, it, it always feels like if you've lost someone close to you that you love, that that that, that will profoundly affect you uh, forever. But there is a natural end point to grief um, where you just come to accept the loss and, um, and kind of move on. And I, I think that there are, you know, that's one of the wonderful things about uh, many faiths. Uh, uh, Organized religion uh, takes a lot of heat, but the, they have these amazing constructs for uh, grieving cycles. Um, that, but they all have sort of de- of a definitive end. So, if you're Jewish and you and you sit shiva, uh, there's this there's this time to mourn and and wail, and then there's there's a natural endpoint to it. And um, and, and and a lot of Christian cultures, the the idea of the the way that the um that the uh, funeral takes place and um, and and um, and, the, and the prayers over, over the grieving and the way that the deceased is memorialized over time etc but it all ends and eventually you kind of go like okay I lost this person who was very close to me but I've now come come out of the end of the of the grief cycle because of the departure because these people aren't dead they're just gone there is no natural there is no natural end point for their grief. And so they're much more prone to, um, to just uh, be rescued or saved. That, that, that this idea that there's like this inherent salvation or that there's going to be another event. Because I've always been, you know, this, this kind of end of the world thinking, particularly as it relates to um, uh, uh, it, it, hap- it It feels like there, there's always a cult out there that thinks that the end is nigh. Um and um and and some of them actually pick a specific date and the opening the opening of uh this uh final season of leftovers is based largely upon this group of uh uh that was based out of New York called the Millerites and they actually had some Australian offshoots, um, led by a guy named Playford in Adelaide, Australia. Um that had very, there, there was a very specific date that was picked for when they were going to get raptured, uh, up to heaven. And it was just sort of like, what kind of person wants that to happen? Um, like how miserable does their life have on earth have to be to feel like, uh, well, I'm going to be going to heaven when I die anyway, if I lead the right life, like, why do I have to go now? And then the idea that there was some sort of inherent apocalyptic event that was going to happen that they'd be saved from would at least make that make sense. But the real emotional idea that is, was really interesting to us as storytellers is like, what do you do when that, <laughs> when that day comes and goes? Like, what, 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 what happens when the world doesn't end and you put all your eggs in that basket? Does that shatter your faith or does it cause you to double down? Um, and uh, that that felt like a very interesting, um, 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 emotional uh, and religious parable to kind of start the entire season off with, especially because you know Matt Jameson, who is the closest that we have to a you know a fire and brimstone uh, preacher on the show, he he seems to be saying something big is going to be happening on the anniversary of the departure because it's the seven-year anniversary and there's all these sorts of, of biblical precedents for for a seven-year period of tribulation. Uh, he's, not, he's stopping short of that he thinks that it's going to be doomsday, uh, but he thinks something is going to happen. Uh, and the anticipation of that event is what the entire season is built around.
6: So obviously, mean, this big uh, event, this departure, the sudden departure, uh, is some form. Well, seems to be some form of at least draws on references uh, the Christian idea of the rapture that's rooted in you know very specific kind of kind of traditions uh, with you know things called uh, dispensationalism and you know it's been portrayed in novels like Left Behind um, and a couple different movie versions of the same the same stories, etc. I mean, do you, where does that, do you have experience with those kind of things? Did you grow up in a religious or conservative home where you would have had ex- exposure to this kind of idea?
8: No. Um, you know, I mean, the, my religious foundation was primarily Judaism. Um, and, uh, my father was raised Lutheran, mm-hmm. but by the time I was born, he wasn't really, uh, he was Pretty much a self-defined atheist, <clears throat> and my mom was uh, culturally Jewish, and um, and uh, I was bar, I, I went to uh, Hebrew school and was bar mitzvah, but not really ever you know a, a, a believer um, in the in the most strictest sense of the word, but obviously had a lot of instruction on the Old Testament sure. and always liked uh, Bible stories and was fascinated um, by Bible stories um, in terms of uh, what both their, you know, was I supposed to take these things literally? You know, uh, you know was there actually a flood? Was there really an Abraham and Isaac? Um, uh, what did Moses actually part the Red Sea? Or were these more parables? Um, And um, and then as I grew older, as I began to be, um, you know, kind of go out into the world and uh, read and uh, experience people who had different religious upbringings than I did, became fascinated by Christianity and um, and the same questions, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because I felt like the foundation of my. Jewish faith was that these things weren't supposed to be taken literally, that they were more parables. And yeah. I didn't need to believe that Jonah was actually swallowed by a whale, but that the Christians that I encountered believed, um, that Jesus was, uh, ev- that everything that happened in the New Testament was to be taken literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, that was in a sort of a fascinating, uh, process, uh, for me, um, in terms of, oh, this wasn't a metaphor. This was, this was literal. And so, when I, when I, I, I've always kind of known about the idea of the rapture. Certainly, as popularized by, you know, the Left Behind uh, series, and then every once in a while, you know, one of these, um, you know, kind of uh, doomsday prophets coming forward and saying, uh, this is. The, the end of the world is nigh, et cetera, et cetera. But then Parada actually did a lot of research on hmm. um on on the Rapture and uh uh the um the the different interpretations and the you know, the premillennialists and the postmillennialists yeah. uh-huh. and so he, you know, uh, when, when it when it comes to the actual Rapture and my understanding, um from Tom was, and again, I, he did all this research before I met him. So I took his word for it is that the word rapture never appears in the new Testament. Um, they, that it's, it's really an extrapolation of uh, a lot of uh, things in revelations. Um, uh, in, 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 terms of, Oh, this is what's going to, this is the sequence of events basically leading, leading into and through the end times. Um, and so, uh, in, in in basically everything that I knew about the Rapture prior to meeting Parado was in that Mimi Rogers David Duchovny movie entitled The
6: Rapture. Yeah, uh-huh. um,
8: and something tells me that it is it wasn't like strictly canonical uh, to uh, to Revelations, although <laughs> um, you know it, it certainly w- was not afraid to quote uh, Bible verse.
6: well then great well then how about this how about one more question can you tell me what happened to the smoke monster
8: what happened to it at the end of at the very end of the show
6: yeah what happened what uh what happened with it I guess I should say I I feel like uh the consensus around the office was if if we're talking to the creator of Lost everybody wanted to know more about the smoke monster
8: well you know I mean everything is subject to interpretation but I I guess that um the conventional thinking is that The smoke monster uh, um, uh, took kind of taken the form of John Locke for the majority of the end game of the final season. And its intention was to um, was to destroy the island that that would and the island was functioning as a cork for. Um, all sorts of unpleasantness and evil in the world that would have been freed had it, uh, achieved its goal. And fortunately, uh, Jack Shepard, uh, um, uh, sacrificed his life, um, in the great messianic tradition, um, to stop this from happening and, uh, and defeated and destroyed the smoke monster in the process. So, um, that's the, that's the, I think that's the conventional uh, answer to the question, and I I can't disagree with it.
2: That was Damon Lindelof. Make sure to check out the series finale of The Leftovers on HBO. Stay tuned. Up next, Brady Toops joins us. us uh for the next segment is Singer, songwriter, artist Brady Toops. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, it's good to be here. So,
0: Toops. <laughs> now, not only that, he is also currently the Montana chip leader in an evening poker tournament.
2: I that believe. is true. Let's go. He had a good run last night. It could all change tomorrow, though. It
0: could. I almost people. I wish we had. I wish we were recording with film like they do in like the ESPN poker tournaments where you see what cards they had. Because I almost <laughs> bluffed him out of his mind last <laughs> night. It was. I mean. Listen, here's what here's what I've told the guys. Yeah. You know, they were asking me after, like, how'd you do that? How did you? And I say, listen, when, when you're like me, the cards don't even matter. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> really don't know what I'm, you're, I'm playing the player. I'm not playing the cards. Right. And I looked him across the table. He called my bluff, yeah. but barely. But barely. You know,
7: I watched rounders right before I came. So yeah. I should get my poker.
2: Mind yeah, exactly.
0: Out. Got in got in the headspace. I like that.
2: Well, Brady has a new album out called Tried and True. Came out in March. You're out touring it right
7: now, right? It's true. Mm. Yeah. Just finished a twenty city tour, West Coast, Midwest. Wow. And, and uh and then you take a week off in Montana. Yeah, oh the only way to rejuvenate, honestly. <laughs>
2: Beautiful. I needed it. Um <laughs> we uh we we you know invited Brady up here
3: with absolutely no agenda. Yeah. And then
2: we th- said, hey, Let's let's make him sing for us. Yeah.
3: Somewhere inside of Brady is Ray Charles. Like I know he's just this like chiseled jawboned, like square chinned, like very, very, very Western European definitions of beauty. <laughs> like he fits the mold of
0: Can I can I just say, real quick, prop, this is the weirdest compliment
3: ever. <laughs> yes.
0: Like, all of us are like, is this a compliment? This like is definitely a
3: compliment. <laughs> Brady is the exact picture of like definitions of beauty that none oh of us goodness. can meet, right? Okay. But okay. inside receive, of that, so he that, is yeah. he is phenomenally white, gorgeous, right? <laughs> okay. But that boy sing, that boy sing like Ray Charles. is his hey, yeah. So let me, let me, the boy got sold. That's all mm. I'm trying to say.
2: You may know Brady from a number of things though. Yes. Not just his brand new Here album. We go. Here we go. I, I didn't no. it up, Brady. any <laughs> baseball fans <laughs> out there? Yeah. Come we on now. We just
3: talked
0: about that. Brady and I had, had a good conversation about collegiate baseball That's yesterday. Right. You, know? you
2: played uh, baseball
7: for the University of Arkansas, right? That's true. Razorbacks. Did
2: you play professionally?
7: I did. Three years in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Yeah. yeah. See, Niners. see, look at that. Yeah.
2: Anything else you might be known for? <laughs> um, I can't think of it. I can't. I am mean, a professional baseball player, uh, singer, songwriter. That's I'm a, a really.
7: I'm a triplet. There it is. That's that, that, it. That, Are you for real? a me. Triplet yeah, yeah, for real? I didn't know that. But, but, they don't look like me though.
2: If if I, if I'm if I'm writing down the qualities of. You know, a, an attractive male.
0: Yeah. A yes. pro- pro- professional that, you know, baseball I, player, that's sensitive singer, songwriter. If I was like trying to like
2: a pinnacle of bachelor If I our... was trying to cast a show of the most eligible right? Is bachelor's <laughs> casting show. <laughs> Brady, you might have remember you might remember a couple of seasons ago on The Bachelorette, Brady was one of the contestants.
7: Yeah, definitely my proudest moment ever. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, th- this is a literally d- what I want every podcast. Yeah, in I, yeah. I, I do have know. a new album out. Leave that alone. <laughs> this oh is my why it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, no. How, many, how many seasons was it ago? I think it was two. The, okay. the new one actually just started. Okay. The new season.
2: Yeah, that's so that's why we, we had him on this week. It's timely. It's the launch of The Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a former contestant on.
7: I, I Who it, happens to have an album out?
2: Oh, know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't I haven't I, I'm not I, I don't watch the show, not out of any, I just you
7: know. Uh-huh. But uh uh how far did you make it in the in the season? That's a tricky that's a tricky question to answer because if you This remember, is old news to a lot of people. Was old, yeah. old, this was an unprecedented situation. There was there yeah. were two bachelorettes in my season, two. Britt and Caitlin. Okay. Caitlin Bristow ended up being the one who went throughout the whole season, but on the first night when us twenty five guys showed up and when it's the craziness that is the yeah. bachelorette world, we had to actually vote off one of the girls. And the girl that I came to meet, uh, who actually had mutual friends with, sort of the, the backstory not many people know, Yeah, she was voted off at about 3 a.m. Oh, and I man. had to figure out at that point whether I wanted to stay on the show or if I wanted to even do it. Because, I mean, listen, that show's crazy, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we know. If you watch a show, you you like, it, I, why, why would I ever do a show like that? Yeah. I was asking myself that question yeah. the whole time. And when she got voted off, I just thought, well, I, I can't stay on this and and be un untrue to sort of yeah, authentic yeah. to why I came in the first place. So yeah. I decided to actually leave the show in the first night's rose ceremony, go track her down, and
2: so he ended up dating the bachelorette
7: that yeah. got voted off, yeah. and he left the show to go chase the girl. And so they showed they showed our story throughout. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. So
2: you
3: win. Like that's kind of a and way, that, I was d- d- say. The point of the show
2: is to find yeah. that connection yeah. and he found it and pursued her and then they I broke up it a few a months later. A couple
7: months. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: you know, seasons change. change. Exactly.
2: But uh, look, man,
0: you were able to like show how to do the show with like dignity. You know, I mean, that's, totally. that's with integrity. Yeah, integrity.
2: So I'm thinking I'm thinking you probably got a lot of material from that journey. They're, they're, right may, there may be a couple songs on this new record. I like oh, it. Oh, nice. Okay. I like it. Well, the Montana thing, I mean, every night there's a fire pit and, you know, you're here with a guitar. I mean, I figured we'd have an, a podcast fire pit
7: moment. Yeah, man. And uh, maybe you could play us one of the songs from your Hang new I'm album. Down. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. T- tell us about the song you're going to sing. Honestly, a couple of years ago, I was on tour with a guy named John Mark McMillan, who I think you all know. Yeah, yeah. I love John yeah. Mark. And we had this conversation which... Uh, are you going to announce, announce it? Oh. No, I can't talk about it yet. There yeah. might be some propaganda cha- John Mark Millen news coming up. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So we were in the, we were in the back of the, the van on tour, and we were talking about some of the greats, Dylan and, and Johnny Cash. And yeah. And we had this conversation about, you know, he, he says this Bruce Springsteen quote that's a, sort of a lyric, kind of a paraphrased paraphrase lyric in one of his songs. It says, um, if the thing that you do to survive kills the very thing that keeps you alive, then fear is a powerful thing, and I think as an indie artist, as uh, you know, prop gets this in the world of music and, and and doing something you love. Oftentimes there is this clash between surviving, putting food on the table, and trying to keep the thing that makes you tick, keep it keep it alive. Yeah, mm. and um, and so in the midst of that wrestle through the last nine years of being a musician. I feel I felt like I had to write a song about it. Yeah. It's called Bleed. And it's sort of this uh, journey that was inspired by um, a Johnny Cash quote in, it, in one of his songs. It says, without love, I'm half human. Without love, I'm all machine. Mm. And it's this idea of going through the motions to try to make it, make a paycheck, but yet going, do I have the courage to leave that all behind and actually believe that what's in my heart and and the reason behind why it ticks that that can actually provide for me mm. in the world wow well, here it is y'all he looks as good as he sounds
3: <laughs> <laughs> say. and we're back
2: <laughs> now we're a-
0: back to a weird offhanded <laughs> very yeah politically correct uh, compliment
2: <laughs> alright here's Brady Tube singing Bleed
9: well, I'm feeling like a poem. And this board you're playing on Is littered all with cages For birds who've lost their song Without love I've lost the reason And I cannot find the rhyme I feel my heart still beating My blood don't feel alive With that love, I'm half a man With that love, I'm all machine And it's awful hard to balance When you're caught out in between The wages of your living But a heart that helps you breathe Won't you blow upon these sails Won't you guide my wounded ship Lord, I'm lost out on these waters In the distance I've kept Without love I'm just an engine And I'm working overtime Oh, underneath this starlight Won't you take me with the tide With love I'm half a man With love I'm all machine And it's awful hard to balance When you're caught out in between The wages of you live in But a heart that helps you bleed oh Oh I ain't got the time to hold back but I ain't got the time to believe cause it's so hard to balance When you're cut out in between the way is you with but that helps you please
2: that was Brady Toops go get his album it's out now stay tuned up next Jenny Yang joins us Weeks We have the privilege to bring you guys uh, excerpts or previews of some of the new shows that are launching through the relevant podcast network. A few weeks ago, we introduced you to Sean and podcast. Uh, last week, we introduced you to the Red Couch podcast yeah. of Propaganda and Alma. And uh, this week we are launching uh, the third in our first kind of wave of yeah. shows. And that is the new activist, which is in partnership with IJM International Justice Mission and us, and uh, is hosted by our very own Eddie Coughlin. Yeah, it's
0: it, it for people that want to hear the stories behind individuals that are really enacting insane world change. And 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 the great thing about this new season that's. Uh, uh, dropping actually, the, the first episode, if you downloaded this on Friday, just dropped yesterday, um, is that you hear people like Jenny Yang, who are on the front lines of something like the refugee crisis, you hear from uh, people that are helping, uh, you know, there's like a former cast member, the West Wing, who's dedicated their life to helping veterans after kind of learning about stories on the show, people fighting homelessness, people fighting human trafficking a wide spectrum of issues from a wide range of people. It's going to be cool. Interviews come to you every week. I just
2: want to be clear. Fighting homelessness, not fighting the homeless. Not fighting the homeless. That'd be awful. Yeah. Unless you're
3: into that thing. But that'd be terrible. We we aren't highlighting this. This this. isn't like bum fights, the video. No, it's (laughs) terrible. Uh, As a personal (laughs) note... Sorry, Eddie,
0: we've already botched the. Yeah. You (laughs) knew what you were getting into. Yes. You knew if I was going to (laughs) say something appropriate. No, but all I have to say is, yeah. uh, Yeah. Super excited about this. And, you know, the first, uh, these first uh, releases, it's been fun to watch. I don't, I don't, I'm not one to toot on her horn, except in text threads to the people at this table. Guys, we're running... You're three for three, guys. The iTunes charts right now. Uh, Red Couch has been in the top 200, been beating out Oseen. Shauna's been topping. Now we got another one. At one point uh, earlier this week, we had, when we released the... uh, We just released a teaser... Mm-hmm. for this A
2: little se- series preview kind of thing. yeah yeah
0: um, and we had three of the top 10
2: podcasts
0: in the it's religion amazing. section on iTunes yeah. which is
2: not including our own yeah yeah exactly because of the algorithm of yeah. iTunes is so weird like yeah. it's not about how many downloads you have it's like the new activity. engagement yeah it's the new activity yeah. Engagement. yeah but all I have yeah. to
0: say is um, so oh, that's that's what you're about to hear but also what would really help us out if you if you're digging the new shows um or or if you're a longtime listener to our show. Uh if you wanna show us some love, there's two things you can do. Uh check out the sponsors if there's products you like you know yeah. support them but two, leave us this and the other thing is leave us reviews and yeah. share us in in iTunes and it really tell other people it makes a huge difference so uh, if people like it check it out but yeah super excited new activist episode one if you're listening to this that means the new episode just released so yeah. check it out
3: on a, on a, on a personal note uh, with IJM um, that they, they what they do and I'm so glad you guys took this on because um, there's there's a lot lot of like organizations that work in justice issues that are much more about awareness which is important you know what i'm saying like you need somebody to just shine a spotlight and say hey guys this is happening but that don't necessarily mean that that organization got like clandestine spies in other countries and what i love about ijm they can't for the nature of putting their people in danger like they can't like uh uh a broadcast and advertise like the fullness of what they're doing because they're actually like yeah. changing the world right now. Yeah. So just this, the, the fearlessness like of, the, of their staff, of the people they work with and how they like have chosen to take like the quiet route to just, yeah. like, uh, like, we're, like, we're quietly fixing the planet. And, and, you know and, what i yeah. Brian Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and, like, the, you know, I got a chance to look, you know, in the last few weeks, like, helping with <clears throat> putting some of the logistics to go. To look at the guest list of people and the issues that yeah. are being tackled in the upcoming uh, uh, season. It's, people are going to really dig this show. It well, here
2: lot. is your very first experience, uh, an excerpt of the debut episode of the new season of The New Activist with our very own Eddie Kotholds and Jimmy Yang.
5: At IJM, we spend a lot of time wrapping our minds around the scope of slavery and kind of the the causes of slavery. Like, why are there so many slaves? Why are there more slaves now, now than at any point in human history? And I'm curious, as you think and are likely one of the world's foremost experts on the refugee crisis. Um, I know you could trace geopolitical things that happen, but I'm wondering, is there something larger happening in our world that is making this happen?
10: Yeah, so um, the UN actually um, does a, a state of affairs report every summer where they start to detail some of the numbers and some of the ongoing facts around displacement and uh, one of the reports actually mentioned there's three basic reasons why the displacement crisis is the greatest we've seen since World War II. Uh, the first being that rep- the conflicts are actually happening more frequently. And so in many areas of the world, uh, they're happening um, more accelerated, I guess. So in, in more communities, there's more conflict. Um, but what they also found is that a lot of these conflicts are happening for protracted periods of time. So Syria is just one example of this where, again, we thought that the conflict was probably going to last maybe two to three years. Um, but now it's it's extending into um, it's extending now into its sixth year. And so um, but the third point is that the, there's no solutions that are being found to to actually have peace in some of these situations. So in Syria, it's a political situation that needs a political solution um, and yet the U.N. and you know, the U.S. and regional governments, Russia, they all just cannot come to agreement in terms of what needs to happen in Syria. So, again, it's just becoming protracted and protracted. Um, but you see this, this situation all across the world. And even in the U.S., a lot of the traffic, trafficking victims in the U.S. are actually undocumented immigrants because they know that they can exploit them because they, they won't report what's happening to them to authorities because they're going to be in fear of being deported from our country. Mm. So th- so forced displacement and trafficking are really tied together. And oftentimes you have to address both in order to really alleviate some of the, the, the root causes of some of this injustice.
5: How would you define activism?
10: Yeah, I think activism, I actually talk about the four A's of activism. Uh, The first A being apathy, um, the second A being awareness, the third A being action, and the fourth A being advocacy. And what I always say is that people, wherever you are on the spectrum on anything that you care about, you should always be going towards Advocacy, and so if you're apathetic about something, and you want to become more aware of something, um, you know, learn about the issue, read about it, and get studied up on the things that you care about. But if you're aware of something and you know you just are stuck there, then really think about doing something action related to to get you out of your awareness. Um, thinking or mode. And so, you know, whether or not it's volunteering with a local organization or whether it's writing a letter to your congressman, um, you know, take action to actually um, build upon your awareness. But then oftentimes action is confined to, you know, serving the, the individual needs of our neighbors or even raising money and things like that. But I feel like ultimately advocacy is really, really important because we should not just care about an individual's needs um, at that level, but we should also care about the systems and structures in which the individual lives. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. had this amazing quote in a letter from the Birmingham jail in which he said, We're all called to be the Good Samaritan, but that should only be an initial act. Mm-hmm. One day when we're walking down the Jericho Road and we see one person beat up along the side of the road, and then another person beat up along the side of the road, and someone else beat up along the side of the road, we have to ask, What is wrong with the Jericho Road? So compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It requires that an edifice which requires restructuring uh, needs to be engaged as well. And so I think for us to look at our systems and our laws and our policies to actually work with our government to ensuring that whatever laws they consider passing – um, or the administration to consider um, supporting that those are consistent with the values that we hold, I think it's incumbent upon us that we raise our voices to speak with those who oftentimes are marginalized. And um, it's not only the right thing to do, it's a biblical thing to do. It's also the, th- the thing that I think can lead to real flourishing in our, in our communities. Um, so activism, I think, really is us using the, all of the gifts that we have been given to speak up for those who are on the margins.
5: I am aware that someone is probably um sitting on a subway wanting yeah. like like hearing you talk about refugees, hearing you talk about the scope of the problem and the ability and the hope that there is and the work that um world relief is doing and that you're involved in. And I mean they're just like their bell is rung and it's time for them to do something. Mm. Um but pretty immediately it can feel like the weight and bigness of all of this can come crashing down because it is just a a monstrous conversation. And how does an actual single person do anything to actually be helpful? Um, What, what do you say to that? What do you say to that person?
10: Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, you are not called to do everything, but you are called to do one thing. And it's up to you to determine what that one thing is. And, you know, you have to determine that one thing based on what your giftings and your skills are. And you can't be like, you know, this televangelist or, or like a superstar activist or whatever mm-hmm. um, if that's not how you are, are gifted and if that's not how you're shaped. Um, and so if you're, for example, uh, an, a, an artist and you really like painting and drawing, Um, then, you know, consider painting something that compels you about about an uh, issue of injustice or use your paintings to draw attention to an issue or sell your paintings and use that money to give to a local nonprofit organization. And there's a lot of things I think you can do as an, as an artist. Um, if you're a mom and you stay at home with your kids and you're homeschooling your kids, you know, use that opportunity to teach your kids about what's happening in the world, have a conversation with them and influence the next generation of, of leaders. Um, take them to see, you know, art exhibits or museums or concerts, that will, or watch documentaries with your kids about some areas of injustice happening around the world and have a conversation with them, shape their thinking on this. So I think moms, especially, have an incredible role to influence the next generation's thinking around issues of justice. Or if you are someone who works for a company. And a business, and you know that your company or business donates a percentage of its profits to people who are on the margins in your community. Then, you know, speak up to to the people making those decisions and actually see if you can donate instead of one percent, like two percent, of your company's profits to something that you care about, and get speakers in to talk to your company about things that you care about, um, and just you know, get read up on some of these issues. And I think it is really easy to be overwhelmed by so much of what we read in the news. But I think it really lies with what you feel the most passionate about. And, you know, whether or not it's here locally in your community or whether it's happening around the world, those are all things that, you know, you can only decide for yourself. But I do think if you start doing something small and doing something at the level that you're comfortable with, And then seeing how that goes and then going on to the next thing, I think that's a good way to start. But it's really hard to start when you feel like you have 100 things you want to do. Um, But I think it is important to start small and to start with the things that you already have in your community or in your experience or your giftings. um, And then use those things to really engage on the things that, that you care about.
2: That was a new activist. Hey, go over to iTunes and or wherever you subscribe to podcasts and hit subscribe and leave a review yes, if you liked what you heard. Do. Stay tuned up next. Feedback. Don't know what you're listening to, but I hope the music of this show uh, has been up to our usual standards. I hope Chandler's in playing some weird like dream poppy
3: atmosphere. He's just basically like made beats and is like his way of de- show his demo. All
2: right, it's time for your feedback. Guess what? We don't have internet, so uh, we have no idea what your feedback is. We assume it's all positive. So
0: in lieu of that, I will uh, give you feedback that Prop gave me from sharing a cabin with me last night. Jesse, your night terrors frightened me. <laughs> Jesse, you're you you should really see someone about that snoring because it sounds like you're screaming. I mean, and there I'm were, assuming it's another night terror.
3: There were moments that I thought, I'll take my chances in the wild. <laughs> 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 it's like, maybe I'll just go sleep outside. And Jessie, the, apparently, no. a bear is going to be much more, much less frightening Jessie, than no. Jesse's going through right now.
0: Jesse, no, I don't want to make a sweet fort with you and sleep in there tonight. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> no, please don't wake me up. There's no one trying to break into the
2: cabin. Jesse, there is not a horse in the window. You're <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesse, what if that horse followed you to the cabin? That's what my concern was. The prop knows all about it from Elena. <laughs> Jesse, the cabin is not haunted. Please stop claiming it is. So so anyway, I can go on. Jesse, you have your was, own bed, bro. Anyway, you have that's your feed, own bed. That was feedback. Thanks to everyone. And by everyone, I mean prop for making me
2: aware of it all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's
9: editorial question of the week.
2: Hey. Um, okay. Well, we've had some wild nature encounters mm-hmm. and the week's not even halfway done. Uh, we want to know for this week's question of the week, some of your craziest nature experiences or encounters with the wild. Um, you know, a lot of times when city people get out in the, into nature, it doesn't always go according to plan. Yeah. So we want to know city your, slickers, your yeah. best stories. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast or you can post your stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. com. Many thanks to today's sponsors for making this special Montana episode uh, possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you can go over to movementwatchescom dot com slash relevant to get 15% off your first purchase. That's MVMT watches com slash relevant and when you go to hello fresh uh, use offer code relevant 30 to get 30 bucks off your first week when you subscribe yeah it, you'll enjoy it uh, thanks to our guests uh, for joining us this week remember Damon Lindelof's uh, the series finale of the leftovers uh, is uh, airing soon on HBO Sure, so check that out you can also read the feature with him that is in the uh, last issue of relevant mm-hmm. Thanks to Brady toops for being a trooper and uh, uh, singing, a uh, being a <laughs> tooper, uh and, and singing a song for us when he's on vacation. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, make sure to go check out his new album. It's out now and uh, he's touring. Mm-hmm. So go see him and uh, thanks to Jenny Yang for joining Eddie yeah. on the new activist as yeah. well. Uh, go check out their debut episode and subscribe wherever you engage with podcasts. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. We did it. We, we did it. We did the special Montana episode. I'm going to go ride a motorcycle and yeah. deliver this thing. Yeah, I'll say Godspeed. To the internet. Godspeed, sir. Hopefully, hopefully, we make it. <laughs> on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I am Propaganda. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Where seldom is heard,
1: a word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. How often at night, when the heavens are bright, with the light from the glittering stars, have I stood there amazed, and asked as I gaze, if their glory exceeds that of...
0: They didn't even spice it. They just cut it yeah. over and a bunch of pepperoni sticks fell out.